0: The following is a presentation of Genesis. Genesis is a place where you are invited to begin, belong, and believe. To find out more, visit us on the web at GenesisTheJourney.com.
1: Tonight we're doing something uh, a little bit different. We are concluding a series on relationships. Uh, By the way, everyone say hello to Kyla. Hasn't she done a great job over the last four weeks? And uh, tonight, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're doing He Said, She Said. And it's uh, been a night, uh, it's going to be a night of uh, taking a look at some of the questions that you guys uh, have been sending in uh, our way. And uh, if you have questions that we can hopefully work in to the conversation tonight, just take them back uh, to Jen and uh, to Scott. Um, If you have a Bible, uh, open up real quick to Acts chapter 17. And I wanted to just share. Uh, A thought for you uh, before we uh, journey into uh, the questions that uh, we're going to be taking a look at tonight. Uh, This has been a a good series on uh, relationships and friendships and dating and engagement, and last week was a conversation on marriage and how does all of this work. Uh, And tonight, it's questions questions uh, that you guys have have sent to us. Uh, Some of the answers that uh, you might hear, you might not like. And some of them, um, you know, you might be like, I disagree. And it's okay to disagree with us, but what I would challenge you to do is, because this is a one-way, we're, we're going to answer the questions, but there's not going to be a discussion on the questions. And obviously, some of the questions we could spend weeks on discussing and talking about, which we don't have time. We're going to try and get through as many questions as we possibly can. Um, so you might hear some things that might jar you a little bit, might frustrate you, upset you. Uh, and I'm okay with that because I hope you'll take that and uh, run with it, and, and say, God, what, how am I supposed to think about this? Uh, Acts chapter 17, um, verse 10 says this: As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they examined, uh, they received the message with great eagerness. And then examine the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Uh, My hope for us, Kyle's hope for us tonight, is that you guys would examine what is going to be said and talked about. Not just tonight, but as a community, we would always be examining what's being said, especially from up front. Uh, Is it in line with what God has to say? Uh, And our hope, um, I keep saying our hope, we have a lot of hope tonight. uh, one of our many uh, hopes is that um, we would do dating better, we would do friendships, relationships, engagement, we would do it better and uh, think not we would stop thinking that uh, our friends have all of the answers, or that Kyler and I would have all of the answers to our relational uh, questions, um, and we would somehow stop thinking that God has absolutely no answers to the relationships that we have, or some of the questions that God has no answers. Uh, We're going to do the best we can to say, this is what Scripture says, and then go wrestle with it. So um, let me pray for us uh, again, God would help us as we go through this, and then uh, hopefully we'll have some fun. And I need to preface, uh, if I say anything weird tonight, uh, I'm a bit medicated right now, and I'm even, my thoughts are very uh, weird, so I do apologize. Uh, It's the drugs talking through me, so... Um Just be gracious to me tonight. God thanks that uh, you are a God who has answers, and Lord know, uh, you know that we have questions, and not just questions uh, around the issue of relationships and the opposite sex and dating and and uh, engagement and marriage um, but Lord, I just thank you that you are good that you are a God who invites us to ask questions, and uh, even more than that, I thank you that you are good and kind and gracious. Uh, to bring answers, and Father, sometimes your answers uh, they're hard. Sometimes they're confusing. Uh, but Lord, I thank you that you do have answers. Uh, so tonight, Lord, in the questions that we're able to uh, to talk about, to wrestle with, uh, I pray that you would bring clarity, discernment, and wisdom uh, into the questions that will be talked about. We need you, Lord, tonight, and just ask that you would speak uh, really loud and clear uh, through the conversation we have tonight. We pray that in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, Scott and Jen. Say hello to Scott and Jen. They are hello, our question askers.
2: Hello, hello. Well, What do we got? We got a lot of good questions over here. Um, let's see. The first one comes, uh, I believe, from a male, <clears throat> and it says this. I am broken up with my girlfriend right now. <clears throat> I really feel that's where I got that it came from a male. <laughs> Very perceptive. Wh- I was hopeful too. See, I have hope. Okay, I'm um, broken with my girlfriend right now. I really feel that she's the one that I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. I guess what I'm asking is, should I continue to pursue her? Hmm. Kyla, what should he do?
1: Yes, let me take that first. I'm probably going to say that on all of the questions. I'll do this. Kyla, what should they that was do? My line. Um, he's
0: laying in the hospital today. I just kept thinking, okay, what am I going to do now? My whole week I've been thinking, oh, if I, it's too hard, I'll just say, Michael, you take that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been up here by myself. Next question. Oh, did we answer that one yet? No. <laughs>
1: um, I would say, you know, uh, in relationship advice, people often say, just go with your heart. Just follow what your heart is telling you to do. Can I be the one to tell you, don't follow your heart? <laughs> it's terrible advice. Now, I know God can use our hearts to speak to us and give us some guidance and some wisdom. Uh, but there's a great verse uh, uh Jeremiah 17:9. Uh it says the heart is deceitful and wicked, above all things, the heart is deceitful. And often our hearts do deceive us uh towards what God might want to do. Um so to that uh, individual, I would say, uh, don't necessarily be so quick to follow your heart and what your heart's telling you to do, because your heart might be saying, I, I want to be back in this relationship, I want to pursue, I want to pursue. I would say, seek some godly counsel, some people that you actually look up to, that you respect, listen to what they have to say. Certainly spend uh, a whole a lot of time praying, God, is this relationship really the thing that you want me to step back into? And, uh, don't be afraid to listen to, uh, people's counsel or advice, even if you don't like it, uh, or even, uh, agree with it. Um, and then the second thing, I don't know how many things I said there, so I'll just say the second thing. <laughs> um, I guess there was a reason that you broke up. So, uh, whatever that reason for breaking up with, must have been a good one, uh, enough to break up over. So, have you dealt with the issues that caused to you breaking up with that person? And, uh. Give it a whole lot of time. Like a general, a good rule of thumb, so to speak. Um, if you were dating uh, someone seriously for maybe six months and you go through a breakup, I would almost give it six months before you step back into that relationship. Rather than the thought process of, "Oh, well, it's been a week. I've taken care of my issues, or she's taken care of her issues, and we're all better." Uh, err on the side of being slow and giving God time to speak into. Excuse me. that, uh, that relationship. Now I'm done.
0: I guess my thought would be, um, you know, the person mentioned that they felt like this is, the person is the one for them. But my question would be, is this really God's timing for you both? There was a reason, like Michael said, that you broke up. Um, so is this God's timing for you to get back together? Is this, um, are you both in a good place with, in your relationships with the Lord? Um, does Jesus have your heart? Would jumping back into this relationship help you? To grow closer to the Lord, or would it uh, distract you from your relationship with the Lord? And the same thing to seek counsel and to pray a lot about that, and um, you know, and to trust God that if this person is the one for you, that God will work things out in His timing. And uh, but if you know, if it's a situation where God, sometimes uh, we hold back and we don't go into relationships because we're fearful. Um, if that's the case, it might be time for a step of faith. But um, I would say uh, just continue Think through: Is this really the best timing? Hmm. Sweet.
3: Question number two: Why are guys so scared of DTRs?
1: <laughs> Do you think it was a guy who asked that question, or no? No. Uh, DTR uh, define the relationship. Um, well, part of the reason is because guys might not even know what DTRs are. <laughs> <laughs> uh. so it's
0: like some kind of disease or something. That's yeah, why it is
1: not a relational disease and uh, <laughs> take some medication. <laughs> so, the, why are guys so afraid of DTRs? Correct. Um, I would say, uh, and guys, you're not going to like this, uh, most guys uh, lack emotional uh, integrity, emotional courage, um, and they don't like defining the relationship um, because they don't want to be held to a certain standard or held accountable to their actions. And it's just easier to kind of do whatever you want, whatever feels good. And, um, you know, uh, guys don't, they they don't have the emotional maturity uh, to do that. So, and the problem, girls, with guys who don't define the relationship or are not intentional, um, if they're not being intentional and they can't even have that conversation now, I wonder what it's going to be like when you're married or when you're engaged or when you do get married. If they can't have those simple, and I call them pretty simple conversations, it's as simple as saying, hey, this is exactly where I'm at with you. Um, This is what I am doing in terms of pursuing you. Or, hey, I'm just interested in being friends. Guys don't like to say I'm interested in just being friends because they like flirting with you. And they like the thought of I'm going to get this girl to like me. So, um, yeah, I would say uh, guys have, uh, they don't, I don't know, I'm stopped talking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, I mean, I think the reason that you even have to have a DTR is because, um, you know, nothing has ever been communicated to indicate that you are more than just friends, but yet you are acting like you are more than just friends. Mm. So hence you need to define the relationship, like what's going on, because mm. we're just, we thought we were just friends, but we're acting like more. So I guess, first of all, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> just be true to your word. If you say you're just friends, then act like you're just friends. Don't act like something more. And I think a lot of that, um, a lot of times it falls to guys being, not being intentional and not, um, or, you know, being, whether it's they're lazy, they're scared, or, you know, it's kind of manipulative. Um, I don't know. They don't, they want to be more than friends with the girl, but they are not, do not clearly state their intentions. And the other problem with that is that girls let them. Girls you know, um, the guy has not told you he wants to be anything more than your friend, but you are acting like his girlfriend. And I think a lot of times girls maybe subconsciously think, well, if I flirt with him or if I get a little physical with him or, you know, um, it will cause him to like me more, and then he'll initiate that next step. We'll go from just friends to something more. But why would he even do that? Why would he bother taking that step of, you know, putting himself out there and risking asking you to be his girlfriend when you're already acting like his girlfriend anyway there's no real motivation for that so I guess my motive, my thought would be if you're just friends act like it and then uh, if they if you want something more then the guy should initiate something
1: that was good honey
0: <laughs> honey you look so loopy <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Are you gonna be alright you gonna make it yes This is his first first time on Vicodin. uh, He's up in front of a hundred people talking. All right,
1: I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes.
2: This next question is brought to you by Genesis Softball. (laughs) (laughs) If you're walking in victory, then you're the right guy for us. Yes. (laughs) Because we don't win. (laughs) 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 Within a Christian marriage, hint marriage, are there any sexual acts that are off limits?
0: That is totally your question.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes. Um, Great question. Fair question. Um, Let's see what the Bible has to say on that one. (laughs) Uh, The verse that uh, comes to mind is uh, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Um, you know, uh, is there anything that's off limits? Uh, I'm assuming that they're talking about, uh, I don't know, role playing, sexual fantasies, things like oral sex or anal sex or any other type of uh, things that uh, we like to be creative with. Um, But I would say that uh, when it talks about keeping the marriage bed pure, uh, for most guys, they want to live out fantasies with their spouse that uh, they've learned or viewed or watched via things like pornography or uh, you know stuff on the internet or movies that they've been seeing. And so they have these images that are in their heads, in their minds. And uh, to me, that's not keeping the marriage bed pure. I'm inviting uh, another woman into the marriage bed and I'm using Kyla uh, to act out a fantasy that I saw another woman doing via pornography or um, you know movies and things like that. So um, you know, another verse uh, that comes to mind is um, 1 Corinthians um, uh, 7. Uh, talks about um, the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife. That's a good verse. I guess no one else thinks that's a good verse. <laughs> Guys, you should be like, yes, I have a duty to fulfill my, yes, I'll just stop there. <laughs> and likewise, the wife to her husband. Uh, and the wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Um, so if there's things that you, uh, it's in a sexual relationship in marriage, there has to be phenomenal communication. Uh, is this what you like? Is this what I like? You know, um, type of thing. So um, very. I'm not giving a clear-cut um, You can't have oral sex, you can't live out your fantasies, you can't do this. Keep your marriage bed pure and keep other people out of your marriage bed. And just keep in check where are these fantasies and these ideas coming from. Uh, Are they coming just because of our relationship and the intimacy we have or are they coming from outside sources? I would venture to say because of the sex-depraved culture we live in, it's coming from outside sources. And if you bring outside sources into your marriage bed, it's going to suck. It's going to be, if anything, very demeaning to her. I mean, you would never go to your wife and say, hey, I saw this movie, and they were doing this kind of, he was positioned here, and she was like hanging from the ceiling. Do you you think we could try that? You know, that totally is dishonoring to my wife, demeaning to my wife, and certainly not keeping my marriage bed pure. Um, So that's a thought on that. I'm scared to ask Kyla if she has any thoughts yeah. on we'll that. we'll just go on to the next
0: question. <laughs> <laughs> next question. What's that? I said next question. Oh,
3: okay. <laughs> next question. Why do we think that a boyfriend or girlfriend will make things better? Mm, that's a good question.
1: Um, you want me to?
0: Well, I mean, f- I think we've talked about it uh, in some of the other series, but, I mean, I guess um, my thought on that is that... Um, You know, God has created us as relational beings. And he has created in our hearts a longing, a desire for intimate, close relationships. Um, He's placed a void in our heart um, that can only be filled by a relationship with him. And so we have a longing for that. But at the same time, we have longings for relationships with um, other people, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife kind of thing. And I think, um, you know, a lot of times we do think that, oh, if I just had a boyfriend or if I was just married or whatever, that things would be better, that everything would be better because we're trying to fill uh, that void in our life, uh, that void in our heart um, with relationships with other people. Now part of that, I, part of those longings are legitimate, Like God has designed us to have intimate relationships with other people. Um, but we need to be filling that void first with the Lord um, because nothing else is going to satisfy us um, besides God. No one is going to love us the way God does. We all have a desire to be known co- completely, understood completely, and loved for who we are. And God is the only one who can do that um, unconditionally. And so we need to first uh, seek to have that, uh, those longings in our heart met by the Lord and a relationship with him um, because he's the only one who will never let us down. Um, so if you're placing all your hope in, oh, if it, if life will just get better if I have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, it's not going to. You're placing unrealistic expectations on that relationship. That's not to say that God might not bless you with a great marriage or a great um, you know, boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, but um, no matter how phenomenal the marriage is, it's never going to satisfy all the relational needs that you have because some of those God designed to be fulfilled by only by him.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah, I would say somewhere underlying that is uh, an ultimate issue of trust, that you don't trust that God's going to... Uh, Meet all of your needs, as Kyle was saying. And there's a fear that God's maybe not good enough or uh, he's not going to take care of uh, your relational uh, desires, relational needs. And that's before, as Kyle said, you get into a relationship with another human at that level. Uh, if you've got issues of trust or fear with God that uh, he ultimately does not have your best in mind, uh, don't get involved with another uh, human heart because you're going to mess up that human heart uh, as well as, as uh, your own uh, call this the Jerry Maguire syndrome. Anyone see Jerry Maguire? (laughs) He walks into the room after being a total jerk uh, to this woman who then turned out to be his wife, and he's got tears in his eyes, and he's crying, and, you know, um, he looks at this girl, and he says, you, you complete me, and she interrupts him and just says, just shut up. You had me at hello, and just like... (laughs) That was poor acting skills. No, right there, it was wasn't? good. It was I good. like the emotion uh, Before love has any of you at hello or before you have this idea that uh, someone else is going to complete me, uh, man, check your relationship with God and where your relationship with God is at.
2: Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, how far is too far?
1: Yes, like to run, you mean?
0: (laughs) Half a mile. Yeah, I do, yeah,
1: I try and do about at least two miles a year. So (laughs) I spread it out over 365 days. Um, Yeah, that's a great question, and um, I've alluded to uh, thoughts on this throughout the series. And, uh, you know, I feel like I've been uh, answering this question since... uh, I've been working with middle school kids. And it's not to slight anyone who asks that question of how far is too far. It's a real question. Um, but I just feel it's the wrong question uh, to be asking. And, uh, because it's essentially saying, just tell me where the line is, and I'm going to go and stand as close to that line as I possibly can. And ultimately, I've said this before, I could tell you the line is here, and you're going to do whatever you want to do. And uh, my question is, what kind of relationship do you actually want to have? Um, One of my favorite verses is 1 Samuel 2.30. It just says very simply, He who honors me, I will honor. If you want to have a relationship uh, with another uh, human heart that is actually honoring to God, and if you answer yes to that question, uh, please know that God will absolutely uh, honor you. Um, So whatever, um, I think I've shared this before, the moment I invited sexual sin into my relationship with Kyla, I ruined it. I absolutely ruined it and um uh, whatever your standard is, let it be God's standard, not what you think god's standard is uh God's standard is pretty clear uh in Ephesians five three don't even let there be a hint uh, of sexual immorality among you uh, and another pretty convicting um uh, verse is first thessalonians um, I think it's first thessalonians uh chapter four. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen people who don't even know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother. And it just goes on to talk about um, let's not do what culture says is okay uh, to do. Uh, So set the bar, set the standard extremely high, and then step back from that so that if you do fall, and by the way, you will fall, uh, you fall well before whatever your established line is. Um, if you want a real simple answer, um, guys, uh, only do with um, only I uh, 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 can't think. Um, do with girls what you would want some other guy doing with your future wife. Um, and to me, I'm like, well, I wouldn't want any other guy touching her, looking at her, <laughs> thinking about her. Uh, nonetheless, putting her hands, uh, his hands all over her, making out with her, sticking his tongue in her mouth and just rubbing her all over the place, getting, <laughs> na- I mean, I don't want anyone else doing that. Uh, and if I don't want anyone else doing that, why on earth would I, would I do that to some other girl? Uh, and pretty much if there's sexual sin involved in your relationship, you're just a user. You're just using a girl, uh, to satisfy herself, um. So I can't tell you, don't kiss, don't hold hands, uh, don't get naked. I mean, um, th- well, I can tell you, don't get naked. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that's a good probably say, that would be a little Pretty bit safe of, a to say. of yeah. maybe. A so any thoughts on that?
0: Uh, I guess my one thought, I mean, I agree that the question isn't how far is too har- far, but how holy can we be, how honoring to the Lord yeah. can our relationship be. And uh, one thought I guess I had is that, you know, Jesus uh, talks about that we not only need to check our physical actions, but our thoughts. And um, like the idea of lust, um, which is ha- something that happens in your mind, it's not necessarily a physical act. That's sin too. And, um, and that happens, where lust happens, that line is a lot further back um, usually than the actual physical act. So, The other thought is that you need to be protecting one another's purity. Girls need to be concerned about their boyfriend's purity and likewise, um, guy's the girl's purity. But, you know, for girls, I think a lot of times, you know, a girl could be cuddling with a guy, kissing a guy, and that's, her mind is right there. Like, that's all she's thinking about. But uh, uh, from my understanding of the way guy's minds work, (laughs) their mind is like five steps ahead of that when they're kissing. So, you know, it might be that... Um, you need to have conversations about that, not only what physical acts um, should you not do, but where do you need to draw the line so that you're not going to a place in your mind um, that's inappropriate. And I think, I mean, this is like, feels like junior high advice or something, but I think it's good that um, would you be doing what you're doing if Jesus were sitting in the room with you? Because if you're a Christian, he is sitting in the room with you. So it just, you know, put some, put that thought in your mind in a, Probably won't be doing the naked thing. I'm
1: sure. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like I know people. Like I, I just know everyone wants. Just give me the. Uh, you can do this and anything beyond that, and um, uh, it's just not. It's not that simple. Um, and ultimately, you're going to do whatever you want to do, anyways. So, uh, just do. Uh, do it in such a way that's honoring uh, to God. Uh, please remember. Uh, write it down. First Samuel two thirty. He who honors me, I will honor. Why on earth would you want to be with a guy that is not honoring God and ultimately not honoring you? And girl, uh, guys, why would you be in, want to be in a relationship uh, where the girl is just, you know, let's get naked all the time? I know you think in the short term, like, that's, yes. Why wouldn't I want to be with a girl like that? I can, you don't want to be with a girl like that. I'm done on that one.
3: Next question. This question is a two-part question on birth control. If there are two people that love each other and have been together for a long time but know they are not ready to have kids just yet, is birth control bad? I realize that this may be an opinion rather than a factual answer. second part is what does scripture slash the church teach on the topic of contraceptives being used within the context of a Christian marriage?
1: Mm. Yes. yes, excellent question. Here we go. Next. <laughs> um, that's a great question, and uh, it's um, Kyle and I have been married now almost ten years, and um, uh, the first I don't even know how long five, four, five years. Uh, never thought about birth control, uh, you know, and uh, claim ignorance on this. We just never really talked about it. We never even really thought about it. Uh, you know went through our own uh, premarital counseling with a pastor, never even mentioned it once, and um, you know the norm was uh she 'll just be on the pill i mean that 's what everyone else does, so you know okay it seems like the the good thing to do and um, it wasn 't uh, until four or five years into our marriage where uh, we really started thinking through, huh, is that really what we should be doing? Is that what really you know uh, is best um, Kyla actually i 'll you go ahead
0: yeah we uh we um it was while I was pregnant with Tristan that this came up, so it wasn't an immediate issue for us, but um it was something that we did have to start thinking about and it challenged um, it challenged us because we hadn't thought about it or prayed about it or really researched anything but um some friends of ours kind of dropped this bomb on us is what we call it, and now I'll get to drop it on all of you um basically. Uh, you know I had just been on the pill and that we hadn't thought much about it it's the most convenient it's easy it's um, you know that was just the what we were going to do um, so what our friends challenged us with is to was to research um, into all the um, physiological effects that the birth control pill can have um, i'm I am not a medical professional so I'm not going to claim to explain this totally right and I encourage you if you're this is something you need to be considering right now that you should do the research yourself, but um, here's kind of a summary of what I learned. Um, I mean, I believe that human life begins at the moment of conception, the moment an egg is fertilized by a sperm that that is when human life begins and um, what I was this is the part that I was kind of surprised to learn I guess is that there are really two different types of birth control there's um, birth control that Prevents that fertilization of the egg or the sperm. You know things like condoms or diaphragms, um, spermicides, things like that that prevent the egg and sperm from fertilizing. There's also a type of birth control um, you hear about it in more extreme measures like the morning after pill or whatever, but um, where what the what it's actually doing is allow sometimes allows a egg or sperm to egg and sperm to meet to fertilize and then makes the uterus inhospitable for um, this fertilized egg to implant there. So the um, fertilized egg, which I believe is life, passes out of the body. So it's essentially got an abortive property. So what I did not know is that the pill, there is controversy about whether or not the pill allows for this type of, um, this kind of a second line of defense. The main um, purpose of the pill is it is designed to prevent ovulation to prevent the egg from being released, so that there's never any um, the egg isn't fertilized there 's never life being formed this doesn 't always happen it 's not one hundred percent and so where there is controversy there's controversy um, basically i don 't think that the medical field actually knows exactly how the pill works, so this is causes a lot of problems there it 's a hormonal um, the pill is uses hormones to do all the stuff it does mm-hmm. and which involves a lot of physiological effects, um, so they just don't know exactly um, what it does. But there is enough of a concern that the pill might have this second line of defense where what it does is it makes the uterus inhospitable to a fertilized egg and planting there, so that there's a possibility that if it failed to do its initial purpose of preventing ovulation and um, life was conceived, that if you're on the pill, that it could make your uterus inhospitable, the, and then the, essentially the life would be aborted. So, this isn't. A, this is not. There's no conclusive evidence that that's what happened, but there was enough of a concern for us that this possibly could happen, that we decided not to use the pill anymore. Even though it's, you know, that's definitely the more convenient um, thing to do. But am I saying that Christians cannot? use birth control pills? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying um, what you need to do is do your own research and look into it. Like I said, um, I just read actually last night, i thinking through this question, um, an article, on Focus on the Family has an article, like kind of their position statement, and they've had Christian medical doctors researching this for two years and there's still some debate. So I'm not claiming to have all the answers by any means, but I do encourage you to think through it, pray, and more importantly, pray through it and seek God on how he would... Um,
1: what do would have you do? That was, that was good. Yes. <laughs> Half yeah. those words I don't think I can get out right now. So, <laughs> um, My only th- uh, not on the medical side of things is uh, we as a society and as a culture have learned to see kids as a nuisance, as an inconvenience, and as a burden uh, so that we can, um, you know, it's just funny. We even talked about this uh, We're going to kind of get married and hang out for maybe four or five years, do the Kyla Michael thing, and then, you know, we'll plan, we'll have kids, and, you know, we have our, you know, we were thinking that kids would be a nuisance, inconvenience, and a burden to our lifestyle, and nowhere in Scripture uh, that I could find uh, does God ever say kids are a nuisance, a burden, or an inconvenience. The language that Scripture uses over and over again is that uh, kids are a blessing, kids are a gift. Uh, a couple of verses um, that speak to that um, uh, well I'll just uh, children are a gift from God, they are a heritage from the lord they 're a blessing from God. Uh, children are a crown to the aged. Uh, um, God forms children in the womb, He knows children before their uh, their birth. Um, I just think God has a pretty uh, high value of life and a high value of kids and uh, I'm not sure why myself and Kyla initially thought kids would be an inconvenience to our lifestyle. And um, so I would just challenge you to uh, never think about having kids as a burden because uh, they're not, they're uh, a great joy. I mean, uh, we waited five years, um, but we've got three awesome kids now, and they've only enriched uh, our marriage. I remember when we went to Africa. Um, <laughs> um, some time ago, I don't even remember now, but uh, a few years back we spent the summer in the Congo, and uh, Kyle and I were married, and we went there, and uh, a bunch of the ladies uh, came running up to me, and they're like, oh, how many children do you have? And I'm like, oh, none. And they're like, why? What's wrong with you? Do your parts <laughs> not work? And I was like, <laughs> no, my parts work fine, thank you. <laughs> and uh, well, does her, does she not work? Well, she not able to conceive? I'm like, no, she is able to conceive. Well, why aren't you having kids? And to them, it was just such a foreign concept. Of I couldn't explain. Well, we're just kind of having fun together for the first three, four, or five years, and you know, we don't want kids to get in. And she just thought that was crazy. And then I started thinking that is pretty crazy. So, um, please just don't ever think kids are going to get in the way of your lifestyle.
2: Michael and Kyla, this next question is brought to you by Genesis Softball. <laughs> if you're looking to hit home run, guys, join our team. Is masturbation better than fooling around with a girl?
0: That (laughs) one's yours, too.
2: I don't write them. I'm just asking.
1: Um, The question, is masturbation uh, better than fooling around with a girl? That's correct. Um, Uh, (laughs) Yes. um, No, not yes. (laughs) Yes. That was yes, as in dramatic pause. Let me uh, think about this. Um, um, Good question. Um, You know, it's interesting. The Bible doesn't... um, uh, You're not going to find the word masturbation in Scripture. You're not going to find... I can point to a verse, uh, you know, Matthew 5, verse 20. It says, Thou shall not masturbate. Um, So I don't have uh, a verse uh, to claim on this, um, a, a few verses that do talk about, uh, well, just for a minute, think about what masturbation is. Um, it's all about self. It's self-centeredness. It's self-focused. It's about my feelings about feeling good. It's about my orgasm. It's about, you know, um, it's about me and, um, you know, uh, guys who are struggling. And by the way, uh, Girls struggle with masturbation as well. I know, uh, at least from what the numbers say, it's obviously more uh, prevalent, I think is the word, uh, for guys. But this is also an issue uh, for women as well. Uh, And people who are struggling and uh, doing masturbation uh, before they get married, I think I talked about this last week, but the thought is, well, once I'm having sex, I'll never need to to do that again. And that's not true. Uh, People who struggle with masturbation before they get married struggle with masturbation in marriage as well and um the tha- the the thad, wow i don't know what word that is but um the sad thing is is if you are struggling and you know regularly masturbating um it's it's uh, very harmful to your sex life and marriage because um your whole sex life is about you it's about you getting off it's very self-centered and it's about you and uh, you've trained yourself for over years and years and years uh, to do this very self centered, self focused uh, thing. And, um, you know, it's uh, very harmful to the marriage. So, uh, fooling around with girls is not good, and masturbation uh, is not good as well. Uh, one verse uh, that I will uh, refer to um, this is uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 um, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. And by the way, we always quote that and be like, well, Paul's saying it's permissible. Paul is not saying it's permissible. He's quoting what the people in the community of Corinth are saying. So that's in quotes. Everything is permissible. Paul's response is it's not beneficial. Um, Then he goes on to say, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. And this is the answer. Therefore, honor God with your body. I cannot, and I'm not trying to get graphic with you, but I cannot imagine just sitting there masturbating, thinking, God must be very honored with me right now. I, I just can't imagine that God would be honored in, uh, in masturbation. And uh, my body is not my own. Um, and the thing is, in marriage, uh, my body belongs to Kyla. As her body belongs to me. That's the oneness. And um, so that's my answer for that. So no. Uh, no to fooling around and uh, no to masturbation uh, as well. Any thoughts? Next question.
0: <laughs>
3: Next question. What are reasonable expectations that we should have of the opposite sex? Example, Can a, a girl can and should expect a guy to respect her physical boundaries. A guy can expect a girl to blank. Or maybe what people should not expect of each other, but often do? I don't know.
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, girls, I would say this. Uh, expect a guy uh, to treat you uh, as a sister in Christ, uh, to honor you, to treat you with integrity, and to love you first and foremost as a sister in Christ. Uh, Timothy, um, who is a, a young pastor, uh, Paul passes on this advice uh, to Timothy and um, That's a great response, uh, hopefully, to that question. Um, Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. And uh, ladies, if a guy, uh, you should expect a guy to absolutely treat you as a sister, which means they honor you, they respect you, uh, they are above reproach in their dealings uh, with you, so to speak. And if they're not, don't waste your time with that guy.
0: Um, girls well,
1: like, well, I'm not going to have any guy friends anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the one part of the question was about, will he? Can you expect him to respect your physical boundaries? I think is what it said. Hmm. I mean, um, I think yes, you should. If the guy is going to be honoring you as a sister in Christ, he should respect the boundaries that you've set up. And I think the same thing, the reverse is also true that um, hmm. girls need to respect um, the guy's boundaries and even their own boundaries. I think um, one thing we haven't talked a whole lot about is just the idea that, you know, girls a lot of times will set up a boundary, a physical boundary of how far they want to go, but they communicate something very differently by their flirting, by the way they dress, um, things like that. Things that are, because at some level, girls want a guy to be physically attracted to them. We want it's, There's a kind of a power in that if we can get a guy to, to want to be physical with us. So... Um, I think in the same way, girls need um, to respect guys, and if they're going to set a boundary, which they ought to, um, then they need to um, not encourage him over the boundary.
1: Hmm. Um, It's about 7.30, and uh, we usually uh, try and end Genesis, uh, our time together at 7.30. I don't know if you guys would be okay if we tried to take a few more questions, or you can't say no, so (laughs) a few more questions.
2: Next question. Uh, What's the best way to break up with a girl?
1: Um, Yes. Don't
0: say that. I'm just feeling cold towards our relationship right now. Hot and cold technique that Michael employed a lot. It's not the best.
1: Um, Best way to break up uh, with a girl... um, Three things I would give you. Um, Don't use God as an excuse. Um, Don't use God as an excuse and go to a girl and be like, I was praying and God told me I should break up with you. Take responsibility for your part in the relationship and don't blame God uh, for a relationship that's gone awry or gone bad. Uh, God might lead you to uh, end a relationship, but don't use God as your excuse. Because if I were to say to Kyla, God has told me that I should break up with you, what is she supposed to say to that? I mean, if she says anything other than okay, I mean, how, how can she disagree? Well, I, I guess if that's what God's telling you. I mean, it gives her absolutely no chance to respond. Uh, and if she did respond, then I'd be like, well, apparently you're not very spiritual because you're not <laughs> listening to God. Uh, so number one, don't use God as an excuse. Uh, number two, I would say, um, uh, terminate the relationship, not the person. Uh, a lot of reasons why breakups are so uh, bad is because people don't end the relationship. They try and end the person. They don't just destroy the relationship in the process. They destroy the person. And so when you do come to a point uh, where you feel like, you know, this is probably not a relationship uh, that I should uh, be in, uh, just terminate the relationship. Don't try and kill the person and, and use this as teachable moments of well, I feel we should break up, and I feel we should break up because of the way you do this, the way you think like that. I mean, <coughs> um, just end the relationship. Don't try and, um, and end the person. Um, uh, and the last piece of advice is uh, be extremely slow uh, before you jump into another relationship. Uh, I know that might not have anything to do with breaking up, uh, but as I think about breaking up, people love to jump from relationship to relationship because they don't like being alone and they never deal with the issues that they had for the reason of the breakup. Um, so those are three thoughts on breakups.
0: And I guess my other thought would be um, be clear in oh your yeah. communication. Oh, um, You know, I think a lot of times people are so afraid of hurting the other person's feelings that they're sugarcoating it, w- coating this breakup with all this fluff, and the person's like, what are you communicating? <laughs> like, Just be clear with what you're saying. And then honor what you've said. Uh, you know, if you're ending you're breaking up with the person then you know set boundaries for what that's going to look like it means i'm not going to be calling you it means we shouldn't be hanging out one-on-one or whatever it looks like yeah. uh, be clear with what the it's going to look like going forward and then be true to what you've said Can that's really
1: sti- good uh, on that breakup part of honor. Uh, if you're going to break up break up don't act like a uh, boyfriend and girlfriend in a broken up boyfriend girlfriend relationship i.e. calling and still wanting to spend time and uh, that is just so unfair, especially to the woman, actually, or the guy, uh, if you continue to call or w- whatever it is you do. So, Scott?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to uh, tag on that, too. What What are your thoughts on Dear John letters instead of face-to-face breakups? Uh, not
1: a fan of those. I mean, if you don't have the courage to speak to something, I mean, if I'm going to break up with Kyla, uh, why would I ever do that in a letter or an email or a text? Because actually, I read something on the Internet recently that says the most uh, – um, yeah, thank you. Most common way that people end relationships now is via email, uh, and you've—I mean, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. That was a poll taken on Yahoo, so I don't know how reliable <laughs> that is, but so it's not scientific by any means. But um, yeah, face to face, not over the phone. Now, if the person is living in Australia, I'm not suggesting you spend thousand dollars on a plane ticket to go break up, uh, but if they're in proximity of you, face to face. That's a good follow-up. couple more?
3: The, I actually have three that are very, very similar. Okay. On singleness versus marriage and how do you know if you've found the right person. Mm. Um, so the first question is, once you are really running the race towards God, but you look to your right and to your left and you don't find any mates, does this mean God means for you to be single I guess the question is, how does keeping your eye on God directly relate practically to God giving us the spouse he wants us to marry? I mean, we all know, practically speaking, they just don't fall out of the sky. When you are serving God for a long time and you still don't see a soulmate running alongside you, does this mean God wants you to be single? Next question. Everyone says that you will know the right person when you meet them or are with them. How do you really know, though? It's not the same for everyone, is it? What signs should you look for? And then the last one, do you think that there's one person out there for everybody, kind of like the soulmate idea, or do you think that love is a choice and there are many people that we can choose to love and have a successful relationship with?
1: Wow. Um, Okay, let me uh, go with the single uh, question first. Um, And I would say, you know, the most important thing in life is not finding a mate and having children. The most important thing in life is being in relationship with God and walking in an intimate relationship um, with God. Um, that said, um, we I think we should place a high value on marriage. God certainly does. Um, but a lot of people who are not married... By the way, I can speak for the church because I've been uh, pastoring at a church for uh, not just here, but I've been in pastoral ministry for a while. And I would like to apologize to all of those who are single Because the church has done a crappy job of making single people feel like you have a disease. And if you're single, you do not have a disease. You are not cursed of God. God has not forgotten about you. And the church over the years has done a phenomenally terrible job of making single people feel like they are just, you know, they must be in sin or disobedient because God's certainly not, where is their spouse? and? Uh, so I apologize on behalf of the church worldwide <laughs> to all the single uh, people um, here. Um, it's interesting, Paul, um, again, our good friend Paul, uh, has a lot to say on marriage and singleness and, and such. But if you were to look in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, he gives some counsel on marriage and singleness. He says, Now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man uh, not to marry. Uh, But since there's so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Uh, And then he goes on in verse 6 I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all men were as I am, but each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, uh, another uh, has that gift. Uh, It's not a command that we are to be single. Uh, Paul's way of life was he wanted to be single, he wanted to live undivided uh, devotion, attention uh, to God. And um, But marriage is, uh, I mean, you can't argue with uh, Genesis, you know, uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2, that, um, you know, God said it's not good that you would be uh, alone, and he created Eve. Um, very uh, quick um, um, thoughts uh, on singleness is um, uh, why I know I hear this question a lot, especially when uh, women are getting older, like 27, 28, 29, 30, and they start freaking out like, I'm screwed. I'm absolutely screwed, and I'll never find a man. I am cursed of God, and this is my lot in life uh, to be single. And what happens is they just settle for the closest thing that resembles uh, a guy with a heartbeat who can spell maybe Jesus' name. Um, (laughs) Girls, uh, please don't freak out. I know it's easy for me to say, but uh, don't freak out. Uh, View singleness Uh, Maybe not as, um, you know, uh, view singleness, actually, as a gift from God. And what I mean from that is um, uh, God might be saying, my gift to you right now because uh, that person that I've created, fashioned, intentioned you to be with, uh, they're not there, they're not uh, ready. So my gift for you is nobody. Uh, There's so many married people who marry the wrong person. And God is saying, it's better for you to be single than to marry the wrong person. And um, so in singleness, uh, please, Jesus was single, Paul was single, Jeremiah was single. There's a list of people in the Bible who were single. And I can't, I don't think anyone in this room would say, Jesus, Paul, Jeremiah, cursed of God. (laughs) I mean, none of us would say that uh, of any of those guys. Uh, So... Maybe see singleness actually in this season right now as a gift from the Lord as he's saying, I'm not giving to you anyone because the person I fashioned created for you uh, is not ready yet. Uh, And please, women, uh, don't settle. Do not settle. Uh, You will pay the penalty and you will pay the price of uh, making one decision to settle uh, on someone. You will reap the consequences of that for a lifetime. I, I guess that wasn't very encouraging, was it? Okay. Uh, Do you have any? um,
0: Uh, Well, I guess I was thinking about the part of the question or one of the questions that was, um, is there one person out there, like a soulmate kind of idea? Um, Yes.
1: He's sitting next to you.
0: (laughs) I mean, and, well, that's what I'm going to say. I mean, maybe it's just the romantic in me, but um, I think that if God knows everything about us, like down to the number of hairs on our head, and that if he delights in giving us good gifts, it seems logical to me that um, you know that he has planned somebody out there who is who is his best for you, the a person who is his best for you, and and that you need to trust him um, for that person to come along. But I I also think that it's possible um, that uh, you know that there was a, uh, there's another part of it too that love and marriage uh, commitment are a choice that you do have to choose. To continue to love this person and to continue um, to be committed to them, and God can empower um, can empower you and even bless you with an incredible marriage, even if you didn't marry the person who was his best for you. You know, I think if, if you if you missed the person um, and you married someone else, or you know, you married a made a bad decision in your marriage, God can turn all of that around. God, He is. Um, like an expert in taking yucky situations and turning them around into something good. And so I think that even if a person is in a marriage where they don't feel like they've married their soulmate, um, that God can create that type of love uh, for the person in your heart and can empower you to love that person and be committed to them.
1: All right, one last question.
2: Will I always be attracted to other girls, and how should I deal with being more attracted to other girls when I'm dating someone?
1: Um I would have no personal knowledge of that because I'm only attracted to one person, and she's sitting right next to me. Good
0: answer. I mean, I think you are, yeah, and I'm...
1: That's not the drugs talking, baby. <laughs> um, a quick thought on that, uh, Proverbs uh, 31, and... Um, uh, and I am being serious. I mean, are there other women who are good-looking, and I can look at a woman and say, yeah, she's a good-looking woman? Absolutely. What I d- uh, decide or choose to do with that thought, do I carry it beyond? That's where I cross all sorts of lines. Uh, but Kyla, to me, is the most attractive woman. Uh, and what's amazing to me is she's growing even more so, more attractive to me as I get to know her heart and soul. And um, one of the things that Proverbs um, uh, 31 uh, talks about if I can find it uh, here. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be, pra- uh, is to be praised. Uh, I think Kyla is absolutely hot. And I'm blown away that God would give me... Uh, <laughs> huh? Yeah. No, it's true. I'm not just saying that for, like, points or something. Um, but, like, she physically is absolutely attractive to me. Uh, but I'm not as shallow as I used to be. Um, I'm not saying, like, I've arrived at, like, this perfect state of not being a shallow guy. Uh, but I used to just be all about a- attraction and looks and what kind of body she had and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, man, I'm, I praise God that I've grown past those things. Uh, like, she is a, a mom. Is, she's beautiful to me as a mom. Uh, the way that she loves on our kids and beauty is fleeting. It is so fleeting. And uh, if you're stuck on the beauty question and you can't see the beauty question, the problem doesn't lie in her. It lies in you. And my question is, why are you being so shallow? Um, so I know that's a hard way to, to say that. And uh, attraction is important. I mean, uh, you know, uh, her beauty to me is absolutely important. Uh, but it's so much more than just what you can see in her. Like there's stuff about Kyle you guys just don't know that is so beautiful to me. We should end on that one. Let's that was end good. on the hot um, note. That's I know it's um, <laughs> 7.45, so uh, I, I think we're still, I don't know if it's raining outside, but we're planning on having a cookout tonight, so I hope you guys uh, can stick around uh, and enjoy um, just building relationships with each other. Um, I think we're going to take uh, some of the questions, um, and uh, we'll write out some thoughts and answers, and we'll put them in a blog or something like that. Uh, over the next uh, few weeks. But um, from both Kyle and I, uh, thanks for allowing us to share our marriage and our relationship with you guys uh, over the past five weeks. It's been, um, I've said this to a few of you, uh, but this has been uh, best for two people, uh, meaning it's been best for us. It's forced us to examine uh, where we are relationally. It's forced us to do things, uh, to talk about things and think through things that we, as I think we said five weeks ago, we've been real lazy and sloppy in our relationship. So uh, thank you to you guys, Genesis community, for uh, pushing us uh, to have a better, stronger, more healthy um, relationship. And I hope that uh, whether you're here tonight and you're married uh, or you're single or you're dating, uh, let's do it better. Let's just do it better. Let's let people who don't know God see God in our community and God in our relationships and the way we treat each other. And uh, when people come to us, uh, I'm not saying us, but us, this community, and saying, man, why is it pot- you got You have such a healthy relationship. Well, it's because God is not a tack-on to this relationship. He's not a third wheel. God is authoring this relationship, and because God is authoring this relationship, there's beauty, there's health, and there's longevity uh, in the relationships that we can have. I would long for the day where this culture would stop going to people like Dr. Phil and Oprah for relational advice, and they'd start coming to... Now, if you're an Oprah fan or a Dr. Phil fan, my apologies, but uh, wouldn't it be a beautiful day when we stopped going to uh, sources like that and started coming to the church and saying, how can we have healthy, beautiful, long-lasting, pure relationships uh, with one another? Uh, Relationships that honor uh, uh, the one you're in relationship with and, more importantly, honor God. So that was a very long thank you, but thank you uh, for uh, allowing us to share our lives with you guys. Uh, Let me... um, um, Thank you. Uh, Let me pray, and um, I do want you to know um, uh, this is a, a, a ministry, a community, a home where we are about one thing and one thing only, and it's about uh, being in a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, God has made it possible that we can be in relationship with Him, uh, and the only way that we can be in relationship with Him is uh, through His Son, Jesus Christ. And uh, my heart, Kyle's heart, and I know the heart of many of us, if, uh, if you do not know God, if you have not began uh, or begun that journey, uh, wow, can I just say, begin the journey. Begin a journey with God. Uh, And the only way to begin that is through knowing uh, who Jesus Christ is. It's through confessing that, hey, uh, we've lived a life that's fallen short. We've lived a life that we've sinned. uh, But God has offered me forgiveness of my sins through the life, the death, the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. And we can have a relationship with God now and through eternity. And uh, that is what we are about. Uh, I've learned anything. If I've learned anything, I've learned apart from Jesus Christ, I've got nothing. I'm nobody am absolutely nobody. Uh, this community, apart from Jesus Christ in this community, we're just a bunch of young adults hanging out. And uh, But when Jesus Christ is authoring our lives, is authoring this community, watch out. We can make some noise. We can make a difference in the world of culture that we are living in. And that's what uh, we desire to do. So let's uh, pray. God, thanks for being uh, uh, good and gracious. Thanks for loving us. Thanks for Uh, making it possible for us to be in relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. And uh, Father, as I was just sharing there, I pray that you would be uh, the author of this community that is being formed uh, in the days and weeks and months and years uh, ahead, that apart from you, God, we realize we can't do anything. Uh, So forgive us for times that we've tried and protect us uh, from trying to do that in the days to come. Uh, lord we want to center our lives around you lord jesus christ that you would not only be savior but you would be lord and author uh, of our lives and uh, god you are writing a story um in this community and you are writing a story in each of our lives and i pray that you would be the author of each of our stories god if there's someone here tonight who has no idea who you are uh, god would you uh, make yourself uh, ever present ever real uh, to that soul to that heart um uh, They're asking questions or seeking or searching you out. God, would you just reveal yourself um, uh, to them so that they might begin a relationship with you that would make a difference not only now, but for eternity. God, we thank you for the relational uh, journey we've been on over the past five weeks. Uh, God, I thank you for the wonders that you've done for Kyle and I just over the past five weeks. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, years and years of health in my own relationship with my wife. Uh, And Father, I just pray that uh, those who are here, married, single, dating, engaged, um, God, let's do, help us to do it better. Help us to have relationships, friendships, <laughs> dating, engagements that would be honoring to you. Uh, so, Father, we've asked, uh, a lot of questions were asked, some answers were given. As we started this night, we said we wanted to do what the Bereans did and that uh, they would seek you out to uh, examine what your word has to say. Uh, So God, help us to go from this place, uh, examining your word, examining your scripture, your story, uh, to check some of the things that were said tonight. But God, help us to do it better, uh, that the world might see you in this community, the world might see you in the relationships that we have with one another. Uh, God, that you would get the glory. It's about your name. It's about your renown. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Genesis is a ministry of Hope Christian Church. We invite you to find out more by visiting our website at genesisthejourney.com.